wow, this place is packed. <laughs> um, thanks for showing up at the second service for the summer. I know we're going to make a joke about that for a little while. Um, <sighs> I just need to take a breath. Um, I'm so thankful to have been back from his vacation, aren't you as well? It is, it is such a blessing and a treat to have God's talent and his grace given through music to us. I'm just, I mean, those lyrics, I mean, I don't even need to preach because they already told us the message that I have for us today, pretty much. Um, so I'll try and, well, well, we'll get there. Okay. First off, if you don't know who I am, I'm Kevin. I'm the student ministries director, which means I hang out with our teenagers here in the community and also at Highlands, and I love it. Um, and yeah, thank you, whatever. That's not the, that's not. So like Katie said, last Sunday was amazing. God took the little that we gave, not just us, but the other pastors and some of the other students. And I mean, we had a senior who was preaching. <laughs> he didn't intend to, but for four minutes, he told everybody the truth of the gospel in front of 250 people. It was awesome. Okay, I'm going to stop. This is, this is crazy. Okay, get back to your notes. All right. By the way, if you're watching from Nicaragua, I don't know. We've got some friends who watch all over the world, and uh, we just want to welcome you here on our live webcast as well. So, um, where am I going? Yes. Today, we are talking about another relationship. We've been in this relationship series for a while, and we've got just a couple weeks left before we make a change, which is going to be fun. Um, I'll talk about where we're going later on, but... Today we're talking about the most personal and most important relationship that any of us will ever have. And that's the relationship we have with ourselves. And that seems weird because we're like, I'm just one person. How can one person have a relationship? Well, I'm sure you pretty much understand, right? In this last week, if you have done something or said something that you regret, or if you've done something or said something that you are proud of, or not done something that you wish you would have, or all of these other different things, you've thought certain things about yourself. And in that, that is what this whole relationship of ourself is about. It's knowing ourselves, and then, as we'll see, hopefully coming to see what God thinks about ourselves and trusting that. So I don't know where you are today, if you were to look at yourself, this mirror is faced the wrong way. Sorry, I can't see myself. Because um, I really love looking. No, I hate looking at myself in the mirror. <laughs> we're going to deal with that one too in a minute. Um, I'm sorry for you folks over here. Oh, well, I'll just leave it alone. When, <laughs> am I blinding people? Where am I faced? I should have checked this out with the lighting ahead of time. Okay, when you see the man or the woman in the mirror, right, the Michael Jackson song, we'll get there. This has got a lot of fun parts this morning. What do you see? How do you think and feel about yourself? Do you like who you are? Or do you wish you could make a change? Maybe the change isn't necessarily exactly with yourself, but it's the change that you wish you could help make in the world around you. But what we think or what we believe about ourselves makes us who we are. 
Now, yes, as I said the last time that I was up here when I was talking about the shovel and the spoon, that our relationship with God, who gives us shovelfuls of mercy every day, is the most important relationship. Well, that's true, but if we don't ever receive it because our relationship with ourselves is more important, then his relationship with us won't make any difference, right? So wherever you are today, whether you like yourself or you don't feel all that great about yourself, whether you know that Jesus loves you for who you are and not what you have done, or you don't know this whole Jesus thing, I'm excited that you're here and I'm excited that I get to share what God has for us this morning. So let me pray and then we'll get into our passage in Scripture. Lord, I am so thankful for this morning. God, like my um, friends back in Sacramento would say, I need to preach this message to myself. And so I pray that you would help me grow as you help all of us grow to understand the truth that you speak over each and every one of us every moment. God, I don't know where we're coming from. God, and I am so sorry and sad to hear about the tragedy in Florida as well. God, we pray that you, by your spirit and by people who know you and know that you love them, would change that place, just like you change us and change Paso and the area here because you first loved us. So God, speak your word to us this morning. We give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is the main point for today, and after I say it, you can go home. In order to have healthy relationships, kind of already said this a little bit, but any kind of relationship, whether it's with your family, like Katie talked about last week, whether it's with, um, you know, your coworkers, your spouse, whether it's with God, whatever, we have to come to love ourselves. We have to be okay and almost excited about who God made us to be. And so here are a few things that I'm going to hopefully dig into in the next 15 minutes um, to help us get there. First of all, we need to inform ourselves of who we are because of what God says about us, right? What God thinks about us must change the way that we think about ourselves. So if we're going to let God's truth change our minds and our hearts about who we are, then we need to know what he says, and how he views us. So I hope to get through some of that. And well, I'll tell you later. I know I have so many. Sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you, Andrea. Uh, yes, I literally have 50 minutes and I only have 15 to tell it to you. Um, so we're going to look at what God says about us. We're also going to see how it is that if we don't think those things about ourselves, how do we change how we view ourselves. What does God and his word tell us about changing our minds and our hearts? Because I think that's the stumbling point for most of us. That's where we get stuck is we know with our heads what God says, but we don't feel it. We don't accept it. And finally, why do we want to love ourselves? Well, we need to love ourselves because that is how we figure out how to love others. If we can't accept ourselves, how in the world can we accept any of the other people in our, you know, circle of life? So, like I said, God's relationship with us is critical 
But what we do with that relationship with ourselves because of what he said about us really makes a world of difference. So in order to have healthy relationships, just like God intended, you and I must come to a point where we love ourselves. So in Matthew chapter 22, there's this very famous passage. If you've been around church any amount of time, you've probably heard it to some degree. There's this group of religious people who are coming to Jesus, trying to trick him partially. I think they honestly want to know an answer to. And they ask him, Jesus, of the entire Bible that God has given us, what is the most important thing for us to follow? What is the greatest commandment? So I'll read it to you. Jesus responds this way in Matthew 22, verses 37 and on. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, because this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So we've heard that before. And in fact, as a little boy going to church with my parents, I learned this in a really creative and easy to remember way, right? If we follow God's command, we're supposed to have a good life. So there was told to me that to have true joy, maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't, we can spell our priority lists in this way. Just like that command, it says, love God first, our first priority is to love and serve Jesus, right? Okay, so priority number one, love God with everything. Okay, love Jesus. This is how you have joy. Next, love your neighbor or love others. Just like Pastor Jim talked about at the very beginning of our series, you know, we are to be selfless and serve and love other people. So love Jesus first, love others second, and then in case you didn't catch the message, Make sure you put yourself last, right? <laughs> Jesus, others, you. This is how we have joy. Any of you heard that before? Okay, a few. That's good. That's good. We were talking about this in the office this week, and I think this is wonderful. And if you've been around church long enough, I'm sure that you would agree with this priority list that the king of the universe is the one who we deserve to serve and love first above everything. And that in scripture, it says it constantly, you know, put yourself at the end, put others' interests before your own, right? He, God says, humble yourselves, right? We're supposed to think less of ourselves and focus on other people. And so in our understanding of the world, we've understood that we are prideful people, selfish people, and we need a corrective to that. Or maybe we understand that the world is very self-interested and focused, this idea of narcissism in our society. And Jesus speaks against that, right? And the gospel as well is fully against this idea that we, you know, are the greatest thing in the world because Jesus is the greatest person that's ever lived. But we've got something wrong here because as a kid, I learned this improperly and it really messed me up. And I'm going to tell us this morning the same thing, that this priority list is great, but it's wrong. Because it's not about 
loving ourselves and others in this order, this is how we serve our priorities on serving. Serve Jesus first, serve others, and then serve yourself. That's different than loving or valuing Jesus first, and then loving or valuing other people, and valuing yourself at the bottom of the totem pole. No, 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 no. So if we go back to what Matthew says, we're going to see that we've got this wrong. You know, this joy priority list is how we live, but it's not what we hold true about ourselves and other people. Let's look again at Matthew 22. The verse says this, love your neighbor as yourself. No, it doesn't say love your neighbor more than you love yourself. It doesn't say love your neighbor better than you love yourself. It says love your neighbor as you love yourself. God doesn't want us to think less in value terms of ourselves. I mean, we are his beloved children, his great possession. No, he does want us to think of ourselves less often, maybe, but that doesn't mean we need to devalue who we are. And that's the message for today in a nutshell. It's poison to our souls when we say that we're not good enough because it's not true. As a kid, that joy priority list led me to become a perfectionist, which I still have bits and pieces of still today. And by the way, if you have pieces of your past or worries in your future that plague you, stuff we might call baggage, stick around this summer because we're going to go through a series in July that we're calling baggage. (laughs) Plug for July. Anyway, as a kid... I drove myself to be perfect because that's, what, that's how I would serve Jesus and I would love other people because I wasn't supposed to care about myself. And in college, that thing definitely caught up with me when I went through this long season, not quite a depression, but a, a time in my life where I was like, I know with my head that Jesus forgives me, but I cannot forgive myself for the stuff that I have done, the hurt that I've caused, And more so, the stuff that I haven't done that I wanted to. My expectations were higher than God's. Wait, that doesn't work out. (laughs) Why is it that I hold myself to a higher standard than God does? Well, that might not be quite how to say it. But I cannot forgive myself because I could not love myself. When I looked in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw. But God does. And finally, a friend helped me see through Scripture. No, Kevin, God has worked in you a beautiful thing. And look at all this evidence around you. So trust and set your heart and your mind at peace because you are beloved son of the Most High God. So this joy priority list must be grounded and balanced fully with this idea of the gospel, that God loves us so much that he sent his son to be in our place, to show us that he loves us, relates with us, and wants what's best for us. But do we really live like that every day? That God of the universe loves us? Or do we fight our own battles within ourselves and are not sure if we can love or accept ourselves. Under the surface, deep in your heart, 
Do you believe that others deserve more love than you do? Do you really love yourself? Different way to say it. Are you comfortable in your own skin? So in order to love our neighbor, we have to love ourselves. And in order to love ourselves rightly, we need to know what God says about us. And of course, the first thing that we know, because I said it when we were talking about the shovel and the spoon, is that God loves us. Right? And, in, and I got to get this right, because I think this is something that we mess up in our society as well. God doesn't love us because we're the greatest thing ever. It reminds me of that Justin Bieber song. If you like the way you look that much, then baby, you should go and love yourself. No, no. You and I are not the greatest people to ever walk the planet. I know, I know. I'm going far ways with music this morning. Man in the mirror. I know, I know. Loving ourselves isn't about believing that we're the greatest thing ever. We know that that title belongs solely to Jesus. And loving ourselves isn't about comparing ourselves with other people. It's not about us saying, well, at least I'm more accomplished than them, or I'm more attractive than them, or I have more power or influence than them, or I'm younger or older or wiser than them. Those things eventually we're going to find someone else beat us at that game and then we're not going to love ourselves. It's a futile attempt. No, God calls us to love ourselves because he is the one that gives, gives us value. He is the one who made us. We are his beautiful, prized, rare treasure. And he wants us to love ourselves because he does, not because of anything that we have done. Otherwise, we're just trying to earn it and that's never going to work. So every day, most of us look in a mirror. I don't like mirrors, like I said before, unless we use them for lasers and light shows. That's fun. I know the geek in me. But, you know, they, they tell us that we're too tall, too short, too heavy, not strong enough, that we have stuff wrong with our skin or frizzy, frumpy hair. And when we look in that mirror, though, we need to see ourselves in view of God's truth and in view of God's mercy because that will change us. So my challenge, which I'm going to repeat a little bit later as well, Michael Jackson, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I hope you start with the man or the woman in the mirror. And I'm asking us to make a change in how we think and believe about ourselves. And this message can't be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, then take a look at yourself. Realize that God loves you and make a change. So what is God saying? I've got six things. We could be here for hours, like I said, because this book is full of what God says about us. Some of it's not pretty, but in the end, it's all good. Like I said, first off, God says, I love you because I made you. 
Do you believe that? Can you look yourself in the mirror and say to yourself that, hey, Jesus loves me, like the old little song says. And if you can say that Jesus loves you, can you actually look at the mirror and acknowledge that, hey, I'm allowed to say that I love me. I love me. Some mornings I wake up and don't, (laughs) I can't say that. But we need to, we need to acknowledge and realize God loves us so we can be free despite what we see wrong about ourselves. That he still loves us anyway, so we should be okay loving ourselves anyway. Otherwise, what God says isn't any value. That doesn't make sense. He created us. How can we, the created being, say to the creator, your word isn't true? Come on, people. Come on, Kevin. I know, I'm preaching to myself. I love you, he says. And you are my rare and beautiful treasure. I value you so much. If any of you have ever built something or made something, uh, maybe you can remember back to elementary school when you had that beautiful piece of art that mom and dad put on the fridge, right? And you were so proud and they were so proud of you. God says that about us. I want to put you out there for the whole world to see because I love you exactly like you are. You are my rare and beautiful treasure, the apple of my eye. There is no one else in this world like you. And God wouldn't want it any other way. Maybe we need to hear God tell us that I forgive you. I think this is a huge and weighty one because this is where I was stuck for so long. If we can't forgive ourselves, then all that Jesus did in his life, and especially his death on the cross, is for nothing. We're saying, God, my stuff is too much for you to take care of on the cross. That your beating and your suffering wasn't enough that I have to beat myself up more. Stop beating yourself up. Jesus was already beaten, and it is done for you. It is done. Let Jesus be enough for you, because he already is. Maybe we need to hear that our lives have a purpose, and a unique one at that. One of my favorite passages, which Katie kind of mentioned at the baccalaureate to all of our seniors last week, Ephesians chapter 2. We are God's poem, or his handiwork, his beautiful artwork, right? That he put works in place in advance for us to do. He has special things that no one else can do in this life except for you. And he wants you to accomplish them. And he's excited about that. You have value and purpose. And if nothing else, when you go to your cubicle tomorrow... Or if you're sitting at home watching TV or shopping at the grocery store or not knowing what you're doing because it's summer break, (laughs) right? You still have a purpose because all of eternity, God is orchestrating it so that you might run into that friend. You might meet that stranger and give them a glimpse of his love. Give them a glimpse of his truth. 
Who knows what effect you might have? But he has specific purposes and meanings. Sometimes we call them divine appointments for each and every one of us. And those aren't things that if we miss them that we should feel guilty over. No. He just wants to give us more of himself and his love and his joy as we participate in the work that he is doing. You are here for a special purpose. This one's hard. He says, I'm going to hold you to a high standard, a holy standard, because you are my people. But the most important part of that is when you don't get there, I'm going to show you grace and mercy. I'm not going to say that everything's okay, but I want you to forgive yourself, to give yourself a little bit of slack, to realize I can still do this because God is working in me. Right? Christ in me, the hope of glory. I can do all things through him who is living in me and gives me strength. So God calls us to a high standard, but he gives us grace and mercy to keep going when we feel like we've messed up. And finally, I love this one. I'm stealing many of these from a friend. God believes in me. He is on our side. He's cheering us on, not just from the sidelines like our parents, but he's right with us all the time. He promises that he will never leave us. What a difference it would make if we could look ourselves in the mirror or think about this as we go through our weeks and realize, hello, instead of our self-criticism, accept the things that God says and that he's right with us, clapping us on and cheering us on all the time. You go, girl. Right? I mean, think about this. Angel armies are cheering us on. There is a great cloud of witnesses of saints and angels and God and Jesus on his throne saying, I love you. I made you. You can live the life that I've called you to. So go and do it. Stop beating yourself up. Go and live because I've loved you. Yeah, yeah, there we go. So to put this all back, and I want to tie it back to Scripture, and then I've kind of got to close. Um, one of my favorite chapters, Romans chapter 12, has this great and important word. It starts with, therefore, which means you got to ask, what's the therefore, therefore? I know, punny. Because the whole book of Romans up to this point says, God has given everything to show you his love and who you are. And now that you know the truth about who you are, go and live like it. And he says, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. But then this next part, which I think is just as important, and especially for today, he says, in view of what you know about me towards you, in view of my mercy towards you, change your thinking by putting my word into your heart all of the time. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind with what I tell you is true. And that's my challenge, is that this week, maybe you can't get all six of these things in your head and in your heart, but go, look at the mirror, make a change, 
Tell yourself that God loves you so that you can be free to love yourself. Forgive yourself. Remind yourself that God has given you a great purpose and a great future and that he's cheering you on because he wants to see you succeed. He doesn't want to see you fail. So I don't know what you have experienced this past week, let alone in your whole life. I don't know of the voices that you have playing in your head and the songs that are stuck from people saying, you'll never be worth anything. Or, you know, even yourself preaching to yourself, man, remember that time in middle school when you were rejected? You're never going to get over that. No. Replace those voices of the past, your baggage, with what's true. Replace them with what Jesus says. Remember the song that if you've ever heard, hopefully it's pretty simple. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. And this is so important because if we don't get this right, then the gospel doesn't mean anything to the world around us either. If we can't really accept God's grace and love over us, then how can we show it to other people? The gospel hangs in the balance of us believing what God says about us. And the world will only see the love that we've accepted so that we can show it to them. So again, use the shovel, but use it on yourself. Yes, Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me so. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for your truth that I need to hear myself so often and yet I don't accept it. God, for those voices that we all hear, I pray that they would only become what you say about us. God, that you love us, that we are your beautiful and rare treasure, your warrior son and your beloved princess daughter of the Most High King. God, that when we make mistakes, when we don't achieve what we hope to, when we don't live up to your standard, God, that you still say, I forgive you. I'm giving you my grace and mercy. You can let that go because Jesus has already suffered the punishment for that. God, and more than anything, that you are rooting for us, that you want us to love you and love ourselves so that we can show people your great love. God, so teach us your truth because without the truth of the gospel in our hearts, we will never be able to fully show your love to the world around us. God, and if we do already understand your love, challenge us to share it with other people and speak your truth over them, to pray your prayers over them, to help them understand your forgiveness and your grace because we can be those tangible hands and feet of you in their lives. God, for our children, for our friends, for our parents, even who sometimes need to hear that you love them, God, help us in our relationships to bring your truth to bear. We love you, God. 
Jesus' name, amen.